Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All righty. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Believe in Texans podcast. You see, one of your hosts is myself, Harley. You see, Ruben, how are you doing, my guy? Good, man. Excited to be talking some Texans football with, you know, some Texans royalty right here. <laughs> we got Drew Doherty with us today. Hey, Talk man, uh, I'm glad you've cooled down and uh, you're ready to talk some football. How are you feeling right now? Uh, my eyes, like, feel, they feel really salty, you know, like, because I've just been beat down. I've, I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm wearing a hat this year. I've never worn a hat, really, to camp. Like, I've done it a few times, but mostly I just went suicide and didn't. But I've broken down and I'm, I'm wearing a hat all year. Uh, it's still just, this is, I'm a lifelong Houstonian. This is the most miserable Houston summer I can recall. So anyways, but I still love the city. So it's all good. How's the uh, hydration schedule you got going on, Drew? Uh, It's relentless. So on the drive to work, I bang out 33 ounces of an essential water and, uh, and I drink a cup of iced coffee. And then I pound like these, 16 ounces that they have for the, you know, people okay. to cover the practice. I go through about four of those in a practice. Just, I, I got, I'm an old man, so I've got to stay hydrated or I'll, or I'll fall apart and desiccate. But uh, you're supposed to, I, they sent out this email in, in the building. They said, you need to take your body weight, mm. divide that by two, and that's how many ounces you should drink daily if you're out there. And I believe it. So I'm doing it. But anyways. That's a lot of math for me, man. I don't know yeah. about you. That, that's too much math. Same. All right. You know, but w- before we get into the into Texans training camp, you know, the hard-hitting questions right now, we got to start off, man. Me and Ruben are huge WWE fans. I don't know if you're a WWE fan yourself, Drew, or if you're a current WWE fan. There's a lot of old 90s, 2000s fans out there. Alpha Academy – uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. That cool? They were there today. And uh, what was that like, man? What was that like? It was cool. I am a WWF fan. Mm-hmm. So I watched it pretty religiously in the 80s, early 90s, and haven't had a chance to keep up with the current uh, crew. But I, I've met enough wrestlers over time. I met and was around Randy the Macho Man Savage for about three hours back in 2001. He came on a show I produced, and I was blown away by just everything about him. I was talking to him on camera, off camera. I saw him away from things. He was incredibly impressive. And then reading about his life and lead up to that, it was it's a pretty cool story. Uh, I've been around a few others. I, I've met with some, and I've talked to some on the phone. So I have the utmost respect for the athleticism, the entertainment value, the thinking on your feet, uh, both in the ring and out of the ring. I'm, I'm a huge fan. If you, if you're wrestling WWE, you've, you've got a hell of a lot going for you. So while I didn't know about Alpha Academy before today, it was cool seeing them and, you know, videoing them and being around them. And, you know, like I'm friends friends with Sean Pendergast. He's obviously a big wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. He was showing me videos of Otis doing the caterpillar and you know like my eight-year-old he weighs 45 pounds and he's trying to do the caterpillar at home he can't do the caterpillar 
Otis is a big dude, man. Like, so it was cool seeing them out there today, and uh, they'll they'll be going through it tonight uh, at the at the big event. But yeah, I love wrestlers, and um, even though I don't I don't follow it like I used to, I loved it back in the day. Loved it. Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, I was a rock guy back then. Yeah. You know, you know, it went to the rock and Stone Cold. You know, I was either yeah. or. But you know, before we move on, Otis's belly. Do you get mesmerized by how big it is? I wouldn't say mesmerized. I would say I, I was impressed. Um, <laughs> you know, it takes a lot to mesmerize me. But uh, it was, that guy was cool. He was he was cutting promos with Pendergast, and he was having fun with Mister and Mrs. McNair, and it was it was cool seeing that. Um, but yeah, for sure. Uh, one last thing, I didn't. I never watched Stone Cold wrestle. Uh, but that guy is a hell of a storyteller, and he's got a great, great podcast. The, Broke, Some of the best podcast or Stone Colds, yeah. Oh yeah, no, it was it is great. One of them I like to watch is when he's talking to the Undertaker, and the Undertaker goes on a rant about the uh, WWE stars who try to make him laugh while they were on TV, <laughs> and uh, and Kurt Angle, you know, was <laughs> yeah. just came out with a red bandana and glasses on and you see the undertaker laughing you know, stuff like that you don't realize it but when they talk about it you know you just find it even more hilarious man shout out oh, to those grown men no doubt love wwe yeah. love it love it all the, the the second thing and we're we're starting to delve a little bit into texans training camp but uh what's with the tennis balls man mm. yeah isn't that cool so the last few days i've noticed frank ross the special teams coordinator he has a tennis racket and a bunch of tennis balls, and he'll bang one up high, high in the air, and guys will return it. Uh, like the punt returners will, will try to catch it. And then today, Stingley was wanting to do it, and, and he was catching some punts with tennis balls. But then they, they just kind of got together, like right in front of each other. They, it was like they were, they like they were skipping rope, like doing double dutch, but they were doing it with tennis balls. And it was really like both guys, not just Stingley, but it was very impressive coordination the high level of coordination with frank ross and this wall behind me like that i'm tapping on he's on the other side of it so his, mm -hmm. his office is right there so if he's listening uh, i don't even know if he's in there but if he's listening shout out to him but it goes back to this a football is very very big and mm -hmm. long a tennis ball is much smaller if you can catch a tennis ball you could probably catch a football back when i was in lubbock from 2005 to 2009 i was a sports anchor out there I hosted Mike Leach's TV show when he was head coach of the Red Raiders every day before and after practice. He had a jugs machine going or a tennis ball machine going. He made all the receivers catch balls. Hey, if you can catch wow. his, by his logic, if you can catch a football going 50 miles an hour or a tennis ball going 70 miles an hour, you catch a football going 45 miles an hour. So it was like simple logic, but just, you know, trying to make it tougher to catch because it's tough, tough to catch that in practice. It's going to be easier in a game with a bigger ball. Wow. Yeah. Seeing that was pretty cool, but I want to ask you about the crowds. You've been at almost every single training camp for the past number of years. Yeah. How has the past two open practices, the atmosphere been compared to the hundreds of training camps you've been to? It's been great. It's re reminiscent of, you know, when I started in 09, it's been reminiscent of, you know, the 11 and 12 crowds, 12, especially because 11, you're, you're, you didn't, you're coming off the lockout. You're coming off a 10 loss season. Mm -hmm. So there was enthusiasm, but 
going into 12, hey, Matt Schaub is back, and you had gone to the playoffs, and you'd gone deeper in the playoffs than people thought you would. And, hey, if you got a quarterback, you might have gone to the Super Bowl. So there, the end, J.J. Watt had had the December and the January that we saw from him that, that would become basically what he did as a Texan after that. So there was a very high, high level of excitement, high um, high expectations for that team. Different expectations, obviously, this crew versus that one, but high level of excitement. It reminds me a little bit of those days. It's been awesome. And I, it makes me it makes me tip my cap to all the fans that used to come out here and just absolutely cook in the sun because now they've got shade and they've got misters all around. Back then it wasn't there. It's about three years. Veterans. Yeah, yeah, veterans, man. So salute to you guys. It's <laughs> time we drown, man. That's right. That's just how it. That's just how it rolls, man. We're used to the heat, all right. I, I was an August baby, so I'm used to that heat, man. So Let's get into. Oh, there we go. There we go. Ruben. What day is your What day is your birthday? August 9th. Okay, I'm on Friday. I'm the fourth. So I'm, I'm November. November what? Twenty second. Oh, JFK, man. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Top, top. <laughs> so let, let's get into Texans training camp. Uh, we got a lot to get into uh, in a short amount of time. So let's delve into this quarterback battle real quick. Now, me and Ruben have expressed our thoughts onto this quarterback battle. Um, and, you know, a lot of fans did not like the maybe blunt truth of our opinions from the quarterback battle. What are your thoughts overall? As we've seen today, C.J. Stroud had a big – Somewhat of a struggle today, I can say very lightly. Uh, Davis Mills impressed in a lot of throws today, but still didn't come up to par that we want him to be. Uh, so what is up with the quarterback battle? What is your opinion on that? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, I think you know, C.J. Stroud's doing fine. He, they're all going to struggle in August. Mm-hmm. Remember in July. And remember, this is... I think this is a better defense than what we're accustomed to around here over the last few years. So keep that in mind, but everyone's learning this new offense at the same time, whether it's Stroud, who's a rookie, whether it's Mills, who's been around a few years, whether it's Robert Woods, who's going into what, year 11. Mm -hmm. So they're all learning that at the same time. But listen, you take a guy second overall in the draft, the expectations are high. And I would be very, very surprised if it's, if he's not the starter, you know, hearing other guys around him talk, you know, the, that, that are prominent on this team, it sounds like, you know, Stroud's um, in the leader's position. And you would, you would expect that. And Stroud, to his credit, has said, hey, I don't want anything given to me. I'm going to compete. But he's doing and saying all the right things. And I think we're going to see some good stuff once the Texans take the field and play a game against New England. Once they come back and have controlled practices against the Dolphins, those are going to be really important. And then I don't know how much he'll actually play in that game against the Dolphins, plus uh, tack on the, the practice with the Saints after that. So we'll see. But, you know, Stroud is 
he's a he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NCAA history. He's in an offense that's very very quarterback friendly, and you know most offenses should be all offenses should be quarterback friendly. But as we can tell, they haven't all been or quarterback friendly around here. So uh, I think it's going to be Stroud. I'd be very surprised if it's not. But Davis Mills is is going to look better because a he's in his third year now, and b like I said, it goes back to this offense. It's it's a lot easier to operate. He said, and he wasn't calling anybody out, but Davis Mills said yesterday, hey, the first year I was in this offense in 2021 when I was a rookie, I was having to make all the line checks in addition to knowing what the call was here. You know, that's taken out of my hands now. I'm just focused on this, this, and this. So it's just, it's a more, it's a better system, I think, than what we've seen uh, recently. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like once the games get going. Yeah, now speaking of the system, Bobby Sloick, what have you learned from him? Because we've been there, I think, Friday and Sunday, and it's just hard to spot the guy. You know, how, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. how interactive is he is with the offense and in, in, in all three quarterbacks? Oh, he's, no, he's interactive. Don't worry about that. He's definitely interactive. And it's been fun to see what's going on with this offense. It reminds me of those Kubiak days that we had around here back in 06-13. <laughs> and that was a fun offense at times to watch. I loved, you know, the, the philosophies of it, you know, getting guys going one way and then popping them the other way, whether it was a run or a pass. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about, Yesterday with Devin Singletary, I was chit-chatting with him, and I, I said, hey, what do you think about those, those inside pitches? That sounds like a baseball term, but what I'm talking about is quarterback pitches out to the running back, and typically the running back takes it, and he runs a sweep, goes outside the tackle towards the sideline. Well, in this offense, we've seen that happen, but also they take that pitch and they cut and they go in between the tackles, sometimes in between the guard and the center. So it's a little different – you there? Yeah. Yeah. A little different wrinkle <laughs> just happened. So I don't know. We're doing good. You guys see me okay? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see you perfect. I don't know what's going on. Mike and video is great. Real fine. Okay. Sorry about that. So yeah, it's it's a, an interesting wrinkle, but they've got this inside pitch. That's just one of many little things that I think mm-hmm. we're gonna see that'll kind of prick your ears up. And I do think any struggles we've seen the Texans throwing the ball. So far, we've seen the opposite when it comes to running the ball. And mm. <laughs> I mean, how about the hammer the Texans had last year with Damian Pierce? You figure it's going to be better this year, and you've got a Devin Singletary. It's I can't wait. I can't really. I really can't wait. Yeah, man. W- sticking with that side of the ball, let's get into the wide receivers. I'm, mm. you know, we've kept an eye on Tank Dale, the electricity that he brings when <clears> the ball should. is in his hands. Um, so, it, you know. John Mechie, another one. That whole wide receiving group right now, as much as it's a question mark, we've been excited by Tank Dell and John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson's, you know, plays, uh, whether it was Sunday against Derek Stingley today, even though it would have been a sack by Will Anderson, who we will get to a lot later because that man is just everywhere. What are your thoughts on the wide receiver position group right now as – you know, the question marks have loomed. What is it right now? What have you seen that make maybe we can get away from it being a question mark? Maybe there's some absolutes to this. I mean, it's understandable that you have those question marks and that people have those question marks. I thought it was very telling yesterday in the transactions when the team waved Amari Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He, 
Jerry Rice, he is not. But he came in at the end of last season and made some plays for this team, was doing nice things in camp and OTAs early on. And the Texans, I guess, felt confident enough of the guys they have right now that they let him walk. And we have seen – it seems like every single day, at least two to three times per practice, Tank Dell is making a play. It's clear mm -hmm. that C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell – have a very, very nice connection, very nice relationship. It's also clear that a guy like Xavier Hutchison, Hutchinson, he looks like he belongs, man. He is another guy who's doing nice things. He's big. He just looks like a big receiver. And he's somebody to be very intrigued about. It's weird saying that about a seventh-round pick. But then out of everybody, Noah Brown is making plays. He's been around the block, and he's doing very nice things too. So – this might be one of those underrated position groups that you don't know all that much about before the season gets going, but then you see some guys emerge and really do some great things for you. But yeah, Tank Dell is understandably very, very exciting. And I've had a lot of fun watching him because he, he does something fun every single day. Mm -hmm. And how do these rookie wide receivers act? Because of course we don't want to, you know, put too much pressure on them, but you look at, we traded up for almost each and every single one. They were a captain on their respective teams in college. How are these rookies adjusting to the NFL and to this Houston Texans team? I mean, it looks like they're adjusting okay. It's, there's no games been played yet. There are no cuts been made, really. So I think they're doing fine. But they're saying and doing all the right things. They look pretty impressive when I, when I watch them. You know, Hutchinson made a nice little toe tapper in the corner of the end zone and some uh, individual drills today. But uh, I think they've been doing a good job. And you kind of throw Mechie in there. I know he's not mm -hmm. technically a rookie, but it's his first season, the first training camp that he's you know, had a chance to practice. It was on the eve, I think, of training camp last year that we found out the news about the, the, uh, the diagnosis there. So he's back, and you sort of throw him in the mix too. Going to be an interesting group to see for sure, man. man. He broke Desmond King yesterday. On you know on that one on run route just left him in the dust man I I did not want to put a lot of expectations on John Manchin because coming back from cancer it's not easy but the fact that he was there day one of training camp and he has made some plays I I kind of want to put some expectations on John Manchin because at Alabama he was very dangerous he should have been a first round pick if he didn't tear his ACL I love me some John Manchin yeah no and there's it's understandable that people are really excited about him. He's had, you know, a nice little start to camp and it's going really well. And he's somebody else you've got your eye on. You want to see, and you want to want to find out what's here because mm -hmm. we knew and saw what he did in Tuscaloosa. And you're hoping some of that carries over to the NFL. We'll carry this into the opposite side of the ball. And before we keep roll tide here with the presence of Alabama guys, one of the highlights of training camp, Blake. Ashman, mm, cash yeah. money. I mean, take him straight to the bank. Throw all of the colloquials in there. Blake Cashman has been fantastic for this Texans team. Saw him Sunday, some back-to-back -back deflections, got an interception. Now today gets that interception on CJ Stroud, which was a near miss for him on Sunday. Man, what what are your what are your thoughts on Blake Cashman right now? Yeah, fast athletic guy. You know he's gonna you know ball out on special teams. If he gets his chances on defense, he'll be around the ball and do really nice things. And this is cool. This you gotta remember the Texans traded for him. Um, that's that says a lot. You know, you're trading for a guy of 
of his caliber. And, you know, it was kind of one of those very quiet deals in the spring a year or so ago. So they clearly saw something in him and you know, he more than lived up to it on the special team side of things last year. Um, maybe he could start contributing defensively as well. But if you've been around you know, and you've heard the staff and, and this, this personnel, this front office talk about him, you, you've been conditioned to think, well, maybe there's something coming from him. And, you know, you're seeing some of that right now. It's, he's a fun interview too. He's a fun guy to talk with. So it's, it's been cool to see him have some successes early on here in camp. Another linebacker I want to ask you about. It seems like Christian Harris does not come off the field. Yeah. We are all expecting a big year two jump from Christian Harris, man. How do you think his year two is going to play out? I love it. I mean, think about it. When he became eligible to play and got off of IR and hit the field, it was the first week, the first game he was in was the Raiders game at Las Vegas. He did not start, but second snap on defense, he was on the field and he was on for pretty much the rest of the season on defense. And he was one of your bright spots in a really dark season. So he's, he doesn't have a full year. I mean, that was November, I believe, maybe October, mm-hmm. but it was, it was well into the season before he played. So now that he's got a full off season under his belt, an NFL off season under his belt, now that he's dipped his toes in the water with a half season of football, I can't wait because he's going to be one of the leaders of this defense and you need him to be because you, he was a guy you spent um, a high pick on last year mm-hmm. in the draft. And then you've added in one of his former teammates in Henry Toe who's getting a lot of action as well. And it's really, he's looking like the guy he was in college, went to Tennessee as a freshman, started, transferred to Alabama, didn't waste any single, any time at all was starting and running that defense for Nick Saban. You know, that's not easy. You're not just rolling in, showing up, and they're handing you the reins of a Nick Saban defense. I mean, you've got to be somebody and and have some some oomph to you. And he's got all of that and more. And he's been, he's been having a good camp. If you saw him during OTAs, you know, it's it's right in line with what he was doing then, too. Mm. <laughs> Excuse you. We'll, we'll continue with the Alabama presence. We obviously know what the next name is. You know, there's no sh- there's no smoke and mirrors here. Will Anderson is Terminator. just a brute force. Yeah. He is air- the Terminator, Area 51, whatever <laughs> you want to call him. He is that dude. All right. Second team reps when we first saw him on Friday for a little bit. But it just seems like as soon as he gets into that first team reps, that's it. He's, he's stuck with the first team. We saw Coach D'Amico mic'd up gushing over will anderson and he's been gushing over him before training camp all right he's been gushing over him since otas man what is will anderson like on the field well you saw it uh i I mean you saw it it was pretty much every award you could win at that position on that side of the ball he won it in college last year last few years Texans moved up to third in the draft to take him. Uh, John Harris, a couple weeks ago, was at Big 12 Media Days, and he caught up with the writer, Bruce Feldman, who that guy's just piped in as just about anybody in in the college football world. Feldman told John that there's people really high up in the program at Alabama, and they say this guy's the best defensive player that Nick Saban has coached with the Crimson Tide. Think about that. (laughs) There's there's a bunch of all-pros in the NFL, who've been in the NFL, that uh, played for Saban. So that's high, high praise. 
And, you know, one of the most impressive things I saw from, from uh, Anderson on the field over the last week or so, a few days ago, Stroud hits Tank Dell. Tank Dell makes a move and is going up the left sideline. And Will Anderson ran him down and would have, would have had the tackle had they been tackling. Like, he – it was clowny yes. Remember those times mm. clowny in the line of scrimmage and then somebody would be getting a big gain and then you blink your eye and Clowney's running the guy – it was cloudy-esque in that regard. So it's going to be fun to see what this guy does, and I cannot wait. I mean, it, it, I think he's going to make that trade-up seem like a bargain if, if, it, if it holds up and goes the way I believe it can. I'm about to go put uh, about 200 for him to win defensive rookie of the year, man. It seems <laughs> like every time we are at practice, he is just consistently in the backfield um, switching to the secondary. You know, I think there's no surprise that we all think they are going to be elite. However, in my opinion, I think the better cornerback has been number 21, Steven Nelson, who has entered training camp with a little bit of drama. Shout out to the sweater vest. How do you think Steven Nelson has been so far during training camp? Look good. He's been breaking up passes, uh, looking like he did for the Texans last year, has you know started out really strong. He's a veteran and he's somebody that you know, made plays for this defense last year. So, yeah, he's starting out having a really nice training camp and, and doing what you want from a guy in that position and, and uh, doing what he can with that experience. Yeah, he's the secondary has been fun to watch. Uh, I know you got to get off soon, Drew. I don't know if you got a few more minutes with us or not. <laughs> but uh, uh, if if you don't, you know, we'll we'll keep on – Moving on, but uh, the secondary, Derek Stingley made a play today, pick six against C.J. Stroud. Hey, man, the secondary, everyone has been talking about it. It's been the highlight, apparently, of training camp, not just the defense, but the secondary. Who in the secondary is going to be a Pro Bowl this year? Mm. Great question. You know, Jalen Petrie looks like he's on that path. Just really, really impressive. You kind of like Cashman. He's all over the field, and he's – Seems like he's breaking stuff up. Uh, I wonder about I wonder about Stingley because we saw some of it last year. He didn't get challenged all that much. Mm-hmm. Part of that was Texans were struggling and they were getting run on a bunch. But a big part of it also was I think quarterbacks and opposing offenses knew like this guy can pick you off. This guy's really solid. Maybe let's try some other route so i wonder how many balls get thrown his way this year because he's really really effective but yeah he's awesome (laughs) i mean when he's when he's on uh it's it's interesting hearing especially these young guys that have sec backgrounds talk about him because they're all very well aware of him and all really really in unison They, they praise him very very highly and you see that around the nfl too i mean some of the big names that you know, draft night a year ago when the Texans took him have been you know, supportive of Stingley. So, you know, those are two names right there that I could see having, having, you know, Pro Bowl type seasons. All right, man. Well, I don't think you got any more time for us, Drew. I know you I wish, to man. I'll talk with y'all, but uh, uh, we can do no it again problem. sometime in the future. Yeah, we'll definitely schedule something else again. We could have you on, you know, maybe, maybe we can, uh, We'll have Talk some Christmas movies, movies, right? 
<laughs> of course <laughs> thank you so much for hopping on d like i used to listen to you like i said since i was a kid i would go on houstontexans.com yep. and would hear you do the top 10 plays of the you know of the season um thank you, you so much mr drew <laughs> yeah thanks for having me on guys good to see y'all and uh can't wait to see you out of practice soon yes sir we'll see you right, probably no problem <laughs> thanks guys no thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube